And I have to remember that it's really helpful to do that strength training, even though I might not be able to walk for the next day or two. This one's radio episode 860 starts in three, two. Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey guys, uh, real quick before we dive into today's episode, today's episode is sponsored by the book. My book, Be Ready on Race Day, is still available, even though races may not exactly be available. And so you might be thinking, well, Diz, why would I, why would I buy a book about being ready on race day right now when uh, there are no race days to be ready for? And that's a, that's a valid question. However, the, the book, while, while it's you know centered around the idea of how to properly train and write your own training plan, your own custom training plan for, you know, a goal race that may be approaching. The fact of the matter is that good training principles are good training principles. And, and, you know, right now I know a lot of runners are struggling a little bit with the lack of races. And while, you know, while the book doesn't do anything to, uh, solve that problem, it can help you to continue to move forward with your fitness towards your bigger goals so that whenever races do come back around, maybe, you know, in a, in a ideal world, maybe later this year, probably more like somewhere into 2021 when races are really like a, a regular thing again, um, you know, you'll be, you'll be in a good position to really take a big leap forward in your, in your fitness and at least in your results because you're doing the work now. So if you need some help, you need some guidance on putting a good, intelligent, well-structured, plan together, but you know, maybe hiring myself or hiring another coach isn't in the budget right now, or you're not quite sure it's, it's the right, right step for you. Maybe the next best step might be to get the book. So grab yourself a copy. Be ready on race is the website. You can also find it in Amazon, uh, as far as print or Kindle, both options are available. And if you just wanted to kind of check out the book a little bit more, get some sample chapters, things like that, be ready on race.com as well has, has some, uh, some stuff there for you to kind of get a feel for whether, whether or not it might be worth, uh, you know, dropping what is it like 15 bucks for a copy of the book and, and help you get a little bit more intentional with your training that you're doing right now when, uh, races are, are not, a, not a, a real common thing right now. So check it out. Be ready on race And if you have any questions, let me know. And now without any further ado. Let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey guys, so uh, my guest today is a lady that I've, I've gotten to know a bit uh, via Instagram predominantly over the, the past, I don't know what it's been, year, year and a half, something like that. And uh, definitely looking forward to being able to, to share a few miles with her uh, via the podcast today, via, via an actual you know conversation with her instead of me having a conversation with somebody else and her just listening in. So it'll be, uh, be exciting for that. Um, and in this, in this time of, of kind of COVID-19 and the subsequent lack of races to train for, uh, one thing that today's guest has done that I'm, I'm sure we're going to, we're going to be talking about at some point along the way, um, is kind of put, put herself into one of the virtual challenges like many of, many of us have, uh, but she took it up to a, a, a new level, uh, by also doing it as a, as a fundraiser. So she, uh, recently, uh, participated in a, in a four by four by 48 hour challenge, which we'll, we'll talk about that more as we go. But, uh, you know, the highlight of that was to raise money, uh, and some awareness to help fight the cause, uh, or to f- help fight the battle 
uh, against PTSD, which is something that uh, is near and dear to her for, again, for reasons that we'll get into as we go. So just a little, little tease here at the start. Um, but like I said, we'll talk about this as we go. Uh, but uh, certainly excited to uh, officially be able to welcome Ms. Diana Angstadt to the show. So thanks for joining us today. Do really appreciate it and uh, looking forward to it for sure. Hey, thank you for having me on here. It's it's good to finally talk to you, like I said, over the phone instead of just listening to you coming out of my car. Yes, yes, I'm I'm excited for it. Um, and guys, if you want to kind of check in on, on Diana and follow along with what she's got going on, Instagram's a great place. Uh, the handle there is at eat.run.cf, eat.run.cf on Instagram. And uh, disruns.com slash 860 is the link for the show notes today. So you, you know the drill by this point. We'll have the links. We'll have couple of photos, uh, and, and certainly anything else that makes sense to talk about. We'll have the Cliff's Notes there, as we always do. Uh, Dizruns.com slash 860 for the show notes for today. So, uh, Dee, the way we always, you know, I mean, I don't need to, to really preface this for you, right? You, like, you know this question. You know, you know what's coming. Um, so we'll just dive yeah. right into it. What is your favorite distance to race and why? Oh, man. So um, I think my I have two favorites. I have a 5K and I have a 50K. And I know how you feel about 5Ks. <laughs> <laughs> but I love the 5Ks because it challenges me. Like mm-hmm. you, you literally just put everything in it and then by the end you are done and you're throwing up and you're you've just had so much fun. You earned that donut. <laughs> and then uh, the 50Ks, I love those even more than marathons because I don't usually race those anymore. You know, with the marathon, I still kind of want to put my time into it and, and try to get below four. I haven't gotten below four yet, but with 50 Ks, I stop and I talk to the volunteers and I just run and, and eat those M&Ms and chips. Mm-hmm. Well, I used to eat them before COVID, <laughs> but it's, it, it's just one of those that you have to train for it. You can't just go into it without training, but when you're done, it's the sense of accomplishment. Like I thought the marathon was awesome, but the, 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 the feeling that you get after the 50k I just I can't even explain it so that those are my two favorite distances gotcha gotcha and certainly on, on different ends of the spectrum um but and uh-huh. and you know as much as I, as much grief as I give the the 5k I mean it's it's a tough like like you said it's a tough race it's just go hard from from the beginning uh different a different type of tough or a different type of pain maybe as, as some of the longer stuff but uh I I, I love what you said and I, I'm in total agreement with this too um about the difference between, and it's, I, I don't even know why this is, but I feel like this is, is maybe somewhat common as well, but the difference between like being, being wanting to push yourself in the marathon, wanting to push yourself to race that hard. But as soon as you bump it up by a few miles and go, all right, well, we're going to do a 50 K now. Like all of a sudden it's just like laissez faire. And like, like you said, I'm going to stop and I'm going to take my time and I'm going to talk to the aid station people. And I'm going to, you know, make sure I'm refilling my water bottle. Like, like all, yeah. all worry about time, or at least most worry about time that the time pressure goes right out the window. Um, and it's, I don't know why that is. It's, it's kind of a curious change of, you know, just adding a few miles. It's not like you're going from, from a marathon to a hundred miler or something like that, Exactly. Is, you know, but it's just like, yeah, you know, a few miles more, but it's, it's an ultra. So I'm just going to take my time and not worry about it. It's, it's a weird, it's a weird way how that works out sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. My first 50 K, uh, it wasn't like that. Cause I was like, Oh no, I have to race it. I have to race it. And then that experience was out the door as soon as I got to the second one and the third one. And I was like, Oh wow, this is so cool. I, mm-hmm. I need to do more of these. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, it's fun being out there and just, and just, you know, getting outside for five, six, seven hours, whatever it takes you depending on the terrain and, and, and all that kind exactly. of good stuff and just, and just get out there and, and cruise. So how'd you find your way into the sport? D is it something that, uh, is, is long been part of your life or somewhat fairly recently or, or how'd you, how'd you kind of stumble into the world of running? Uh, 
Oh, man. So I actually used to hate running. Um, and I'm, I've been in the military 19 years. So uh, as I've heard some of your uh, people you interviewed say, we belong to, like, I belong to the three-mile club, you know, one and a half miles in the spring and one and a half miles in the, after, in the winter or fall. Um, but then uh, I used to, I used to smoke a lot. And uh, my mother-in-law, my first mother-in-law passed away from lung cancer. And uh, at that point, I was like, well, you know, it's, uh, I probably should quit smoking so I could be around for my son, uh, who was just born at that point. And so, you know, as a lot of people do, you replace one addiction with another. So um, I replaced my smoking addiction with running addiction. And uh, shortly after, I actually ended up going to Iraq, and um, it helped me. The, the running was part of the only part of my day where I knew what was happening and I could control it. Everything else was just pure chaos. So um, running, you know, I started out real slow and just kind of went with it. And then when I came back from Iraq, um, things were a little bit more tricky with PTSD and all of that. So running since then, which was 2008, um, I've been, I've been running since then. And I just, I really can't imagine my day without it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't run every day, but it's, it's one of those things that really helps me call, you know, calm my nerves down and be a decent human being and want, you know, how my family still want to be around me because (laughs) if I don't go for a run, God only knows what happens, and I'm sure that you can relate, and most of your listeners can probably relate as well. Oh yeah, as but, as I've said it yeah. at least once or twice. If I don't, if it, you know, I I can I can still be a decent functioning human being for a few days without running, but if it gets if it gets longer than that, um, you know, exactly. Re- Rebecca just kind of kicks me out and says, "Don't come back," you know, "Come back in an hour," <laughs> um, and 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 uh, you know, come back as a, as a normal uh, person, uh, uh, a little bit calmer, a little bit uh, less less. Uh, short-tempered or a little bit longer-tempered, whatever, whatever I'm trying to say there, uh, with yes. a bit more patience and, uh, and, and grace, hopefully, uh, by the time I come back. So yeah, I can, I can totally relate to that. Um, yeah. it, you know, I've had a couple of folks over the, over the years, that at least that come to mind, that uh, you know, were kind of in at least a somewhat similar position, to, maybe not completely similar, but you know, as far as being a heavy smoker and then making the change to a healthier lifestyle that, that you know, gets rid of the, the smoking and turns into running. Um, was, was that, that, I mean, it's, it's hard enough. I think a, a lot of us can, can maybe, uh, if we can remember back to our, our early days of running, it's, it's, it's tough enough to kind of develop the fitness when, you know, lungs are operating at, a, at hopefully mostly full capacity, um, with, with the history of smoking and, and kicking that, that habit as you're getting into the running side of things. Um, I have to imagine that that made it even more of a challenge. So how was, how were those early days of running? Was it, was it as tough as I imagined in my head or, um, or how did it, how did that go for you? Yeah. It, you know, and, and to add to that, I, um, at that point I lived in Hawaii where, mm-hmm. you know, humidity is 110% every day. Mm-hmm. And, um, I had a really, really good friend who was, uh, he was actually, I think like Xterra, race winner or something like that and that was early on in 2006 he used to race in Kauai and all of that and so I I went to him and asked how do I how do I do this the right way because I know my personality uh I will I will go head in all the way in and then I'll get injured or something Mm -hmm. but uh this is something at that point I made a I made this commitment that I will run as long as I can for the rest of my life 
to make sure that I stay, you know, stay away from cigarettes. So he explained to me, don't, don't do it all at once, you know, start with like a mile and then add a little bit at a time and, um, try to run with some people. Cause that's, that will motivate you. And so I did, um, it was tough. The first three weeks, I couldn't even make it a mile. Mm-hmm. So it was really degrading to me. It was like, are you kidding me? I can't even make it a mile. But uh, after that, it kind of started, you know, slowly, slowly and going. And um, and it just became a part of my routine. You wake up in the morning, go for a run, and then, you know, go on with your life. But yeah, the first few weeks was just like, are you kidding me? I can't do this. Mm-hmm. This is tough. And uh and I'm glad that I stuck with it because it's it's definitely it has helped with a lot of things. Oh, of of course, and and uh, yeah. you know nothing nothing more uh, at least nothing more that I can think of that would be more more stressful than than finding yourself like you said in in Iraq in in wartime, um, not knowing what's going to happen. Like you said, from day to day, like the run was the only thing that that was predictable, and I imagine that even even that was a was you know. Like you could you could plan to run tomorrow, but depending on what happens, like there might not be you know, like like you, you, that that option might be off the board. Um, so you know, before going any farther, obviously, thank you for for serving the country. Certainly uh, appreciate that and the continued service. Um, but but what was you know you know talking about getting started running in Hawaii and building building up uh, and, and getting into it more and more and more, um, and and how that helps to to helps all of us to get through the things that we're dealing with, obviously right now with, with COVID-19 with, with just all the different stresses of, of life going on. I know it's a, it's a, a, a major, uh, kind of pillar stability piece for, for a lot of folks right now. Um, but as, as much as you want to go into detail or as much as you're willing to, um, you know, about being in, in Iraq and, and running there with, with all of the other things going on, um, you know, I, I assume that by then, at least a couple of years into running, like there's a bit more fitness and it's, it's obviously an integral part of your life, but how, how important was having that running and, and, uh, being able to, to work out situations in your mind, de-stress, get away from, from the chaos, maybe for, for at least for a little bit, like, like, I mean, how, how vital was that to your time, uh, being, being in Iraq? So, yeah, so it's, uh, I really can't even imagine make it through it without it because you know at that point we didn't really have um skype and all of that was just starting out um i had a one-year-old one and a half year old son so um being you know being a mom who goes out and um we asked we went outside the wire so it wasn't wasn't really safe and you just never knew what was going to happen but um every morning i would grab my burner phone and let my team know where it is I'm going to be, you know, and, and go for a run. So I just do laps around the lake and just go and go and go. Uh, there were a couple of times that they actually had to like send somebody out to grab me and, you know, we'd go out on a mission, but it was that little bit of, I'm going to go out for a run. And even if it's 10 minutes or if it's going to be a, an hour and a half, I don't care what it is. I just need to I think better when I run. In mm-hmm. fact, my world problems are are solved on the run. So um, it it was definitely one of those things where I was like, okay, if I can get my run in, I will be I'll be able to think clearly and I'll be able to 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 help my guys do the right thing, you know. So it, it was just uh, and and the fun part was that uh, despite being in Iraq and you know you're worried about things that are happening. Uh, 
my our morale welfare and recreation center they did uh monthly races so Mm. that was really helpful as well so like i started in october a 10k in october and then from then i ran a 10k every month until i left in uh, may and actually my my long-term pr from a 10k pr came from iraq which was like 46 minutes and i that (laughs) blew my mind but you know because you're running and you're you're not really thinking about anything else mm-hmm. except I, I just got to make it through today and you know so yeah it was it was really good um, definitely definitely something that I'm glad that I had around better than smoking I can tell yeah. you for sure yeah, I can imagine <laughs> I can imagine were you, were there a lot of of other men and women that were serving that I mean I, I'm assuming there had to be enough people that were running as well because if there are going to be races every month like you know I'm, I'm assuming you weren't the only person running the race every month what, did you have a lot of company on those runs or was it was it kind of that thing where for you and maybe for others as well it was like this was kind of alone time and, and time to just kind of be by yourself so there it, you know what I guess maybe the, the question is what was the running community like in at, at the base in in Iraq so most people at that time would were actually working out in the gym and mm. CrossFit was becoming okay. really big at that time as well. So uh, most people didn't go running and that's fine because I've always been just a loner. Mm-hmm. I prefer to go out on my own because like I said, I you know, that's the time for me to de-stress and forget about everybody and think about how am I going to make it through the day and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um during the races, it used to get pretty big, two, three hundred people. And, you know, everybody would run and have fun. And then we'd have barbecues and mm-hmm. eat a whole bunch of delicious food and <laughs> ice cream and stuff. And so, yeah, it was it was a really good time. I really good. liked it. Good, good. So, you know, and then as, as kind of alluded to at least a little bit in the intro, and I know from some of the, the posts that you've uh, shared on, on social media over the time that we've been connected that, you know, when you when you do get back uh, to the States and, and get out of, out of Iraq. Um, you know, the PTSD kind of, kind of came with you. Um, you know, was, was that something that you figured out that running would help with while you were there or, or did you not even, I mean, I don't know, I, I forgive me for not being the, the, uh, as, as maybe well-versed on, on some of the PTSD stuff as, as, uh, others may be, but you know, was that more of that the, that the symptoms of PTSD, I guess, probably came on more when you got back to the States? And, and when did you kind of piece together that the running would help kind of help you mentally as you work through through some of that that part of your life? Yeah, no, I um, so when I came back, um, I think it took me about two or three months to realize that something is off. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had days where I couldn't get off my bed and had to call in to work sick because I just literally was so mentally and physically drained. I had terrible nightmares for like weeks at a time where I would only sleep two hours a day, mm-hmm. uh, two hours a night. And mm-hmm. so you're, at that point, your body just, you know, when it feels that you're on, you're going to have a nightmare, it's not going to want to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. So I was struggling pretty hard um uh and in 2008 you didn't really talk about it yet especially in the military because you know the stigma of well she has mental issues so she's not going to get promoted anymore um you kind of find ways of dealing with it on your own and you know when when people don't know um what you're dealing with they try to help but they're not really helpful yeah i had some people tell me you know oh i saw that on army wives i know how to i know how to help you with this or you know i I heard it on the news and this is how you're supposed to help somebody with ptsd and not all it was helpful so 
after countless visits to a doctor and blood work and everything else, Doc was like, listen, I think you're just, you know, you, you, you just need to give your body a way to get rid of all this stress. Mm -hmm. And so he said, try to go for walks, uh, try to exercise. And I said, well, I'm a runner. I can do that. He goes, go ahead. And I think that will help. So, um, I literally was running 10 to 15 miles every day, uh, for months like because like I said addictive personality mm -hmm. came back and the only way I knew how to fix it was running so uh, for the next year and a half I was out there every day two to 15, uh, 10 to 15 miles and and it helped it helped me deal with things um, I didn't have nightmares anymore occasionally I did but mm -hmm. it really just you know, allowed me to, well, if I needed to cry it out, I could cry it out on the run. If I needed to just go out and run with the group and chat about nothing, I did that as well. So it really helped with, especially when you're running with strangers and they will never see you again, you can kind of mm -hmm. tell them a little bit more than you would with your, your family or friends. So uh, I think that was really helpful as well. <laughs> Yeah. And, and then shoot, you know, even, even if you're running with, with, uh, friends, I feel like, um, you know, you can, I mean, that's kind of where this podcast came from, right? Like the, the conversations that you can have, even though it's people that, that, uh, you might see, you know, if you share enough of enough miles together and I feel like those conversations can flow and, and if yeah. they're, if they're therapeutic, you know, for, for whatever anybody is dealing with, yeah. um, all, all the more reason to, to have some of those conversations and just kind of, kind of help get it out of your system. Um, and, and, you know, one thing that I, I, I don't know if it came across poorly or not, but I do want to, you know, I, th I think I said something about kind of when you were dealing with it in that, that part of your life, but it, from, I would imagine it's something that's, that's, you know, it, probably a poor choice of words because it's something that, that is, is always kind of, always kind of there, right? I mean, is it still something that, that you struggle with a little bit sometimes some of the, the, the experiences that you had or, or has it, is it something that, that maybe, um, I don't want to say that you've completely put it behind you, but it's, it's, you know, fewer and farther between or, or how are, how are you doing today? Um, when it comes to the PTSD that, that you've, uh, you know, obviously have, have experienced with over the years? Yeah, no, it's, it's still there. Um, so the, the, what I noticed, like there's triggers. So, you mm. know, for any traumatic experience, there's triggers for me, it's fireworks, obviously. Mm. So 4th of July is coming this weekend and it's going to be, I already know that, um, I need to have my earplugs and, you know, maybe have some music playing in the background so I can fall asleep. Mm -hmm. um, crowds still make me a little nervous. Uh, there, there are little things that, you know, I can't watch scary movies or anything, uh, anything more than a PG rated or PG 13 rated films, because that could set it off as well. Mm -hmm. um, there's, and it's, you know, for everybody is different and right. something that might work for me doesn't work for others or something that triggers it for me doesn't, doesn't for others. So, but I, I um, thankfully my husband and my, my kids know all of this and they really help me out. So, you know, if they, if they know that if they see me really kind of either shaking or getting nervous, they know exactly what to do and where to take mm -hmm. me and, you know, and go for a run, mom, just like you said with right. your wife, go for a run and come back a decent human being again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So, well, and, and that's, yeah. you know, if, 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 I don't know if I want to call it a medication, but like, if, if that's, if that's what helps better to do that than to, than to turn mm -hmm. to pills or to turn to something that's even more, um, potentially could, could spiral in the wrong direction. Um, so, you know, get outside, get, get a run in, get some of those endorphins, hopefully clear your mind a little bit. Um, and, and, you know, have a, have a healthy way to, 
to kind of work through when, when the struggles are uh, a bit more pressing. Um, and then obviously, like you said, it's, it's, you know, just like everything that I always talk about, right. Everything is, is nothing's one size fits all. And so, you know, what, what, what works for you may not work for somebody else. Um, but at least that, that conversation is out there a lot more and the stigma is nowhere near what it used to be. Like you said, you know, 12 years ago, um, you know, it, it wasn't talked about, uh, nearly like it is, it is today. Um, for, and for good reason, because, you know, I don't, I don't know what the stats are. You, you probably do, um, of the number of, of service members that, that take their lives in large part due to PTSD on a, on a daily basis. It's, it's staggering. Yeah. It's 22 a day. And, and every day, you know, I, I have dealt with suicide at least five times already in my past 18 years. And that's, that's way too much. And, um, I think that if we if we've been able to talk about it for many years, you know, it, it would be easier. But there's you just. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's 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 yeah. obviously not the most exciting or, or, or fun topic. It's not a light topic. Um, exactly. But but the, but, you know, just like anything, right, the more you talk about it, the more it comes to the surface um, and, and, and no doubt this is helping somebody else. Uh, as well. So thank you for being willing to go here, D. Um, turning to a little bit, you know, still kind of along the same lines, but hopefully a little bit uh, uh, easier thing to talk about. The, the challenge that you did, uh, about a, I guess as we're recording this, uh, about a month ago, uh, the 4x4x48 four by four by challenge. Uh, I remember seeing a bunch of people kind of around that time, kind of May, uh, mid-May, uh, talking about the 4x4x24, four by four by the, the uh, I think it was the, the, like the Yeti challenge, the virtual challenge that was going uh-huh. around, uh, doing four four miles every four hours for twenty four hours. So you ended up with, uh, you know, you can do the math on that. You end up with a, with about a fifty k, something like that. Um, and and a few people, you being one of them, decided to to take it to the next level and and do it uh, over the course of two days every four hours. So um, even even a, a bit longer, uh, you know, more more mileage uh, adding up there. Um, when, when did you decide to, to, to do that to begin with, before we even kind of get into the fundraising component that, that you did as well? Um, you know, I, I look at one of those challenges and go, yeah, that sounds fun, but like, like, eh, not that fun. Not, not fun enough to actually sign up and do it. Um, what, uh, what, what made you decide to take the plunge and push yourself over the course of two days to run, I don't know, whatever that, that works out to be, some, some 50 miles, 50 plus miles, something like that, 60 miles, I think. What, what, what uh, brought that uh, about? So, yeah, I... You know what? I don't exactly remember how it all went down, but I remember writing my coach an email and saying, hey, Sarah, I have this idea. You know, uh, PTSD Awareness Month is uh, June and June 1st is, you know, the first day of it. And I was thinking and, you know, uh, four by four by 48, I would love to do that and raise some money for uh, to fight for uh, fight PTSD. And and honestly, I thought that she was going to say, oh, you know, maybe we should wait a little bit longer. You know, you're only seven months postpartum. Maybe you should should wait a little bit because, you know, I was relying on somebody being sane in this relationship. But <laughs> <laughs> she goes, I think that's a great idea. I think you should totally do it. Uh, and at that point, I wasn't sleeping yet because mm. the baby that, de- you know, didn't mm-hmm. sleep through the night for the first seven or eight months. And I was like, well, the, the not sleeping part is down. I, I can do that. <laughs> it's the running part that I might have a challenge with. And and honestly, uh, that was like that was actually so easy. Uh, I hate to say it that way, but I guess because my baby conditioned me to be mm. up every three hours uh, and 
being an, a heart rate runner, you know, uh, staying very nice and cool and collected pretty mm-hmm. much most of my runs anyways, it was so easy. Uh, the hard part was that I still knew that I had to come home and help out my husband with the kids. Right. So I might have not have been able to nap every three hours. But, um, yeah, the, the challenge itself mentally, it was definitely more draining than it was physically. Yeah, uh, because, because you... I knew... Go ahead, go ahead. I knew that I had that challenge, you know. I set the challenge, and if I wanted to quit, I couldn't do it because people are watching. I'm asking for them for, to donate money, and I can't just quit right now. Mm-hmm. So mentally, I was like, come on, girl, you got it. Yeah. <laughs> you got to do this. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, that's that's as, as I know that, uh, that you've experienced by doing the challenge, um, and I know from talking to some other folks that did, whether it's the 24 or the 48 or some of these various other challenges that have popped up over the last few months, um, it's one thing to look at it, like you said, from a physical component, like, like, you know, I can, I can knock out four miles at a time and, and having, you know, a, a decent chunk of time to kind of recover a little bit in between. But then you don't think about the fact that, like you said, you know, it's not like every, between every segment, you can just come back and put your feet up. Like you got things going on at the exactly. house and you got life still, <laughs> still happening that, that has to be taken care of. You still got to be mom. You still got to be the, the, the spouse, the partner, you still got things going on. Um, so that it's, it's less of that. And then there's also the logistics of fueling appropriately and not eating too much to where you'd struggle to run, but not eating so little that your body is, is struggling to keep going. Um, and, and just kind of all of some of the, you know, all of those type of details that are easy to overlook. Um, what kind of things did you learn doing that challenge as far as maybe, maybe learn the hard way of, of, of logistics that you, you didn't think about or, or did you kind of have a pretty good game plan going into it that, that you didn't have to vary from uh, much at all over the course of the, the two days? So I, I had my clothes laid out and I took a shower after each leg and put my clothes right on clean clothes right mm-hmm. away. So I didn't have to worry about, you know, waking up too early and trying to figure out what am I wearing? Uh, is that, is that going to, uh, give me chafing or any mm-hmm. of that? So all of that was super easy. Um, I still tried to fuel the way I eat every day. So like my boys got pizza and I was like, Oh, I can totally have three slices. <laughs> and then oh, when I went for a run, I was like, okay, bad idea. Let's scratch that off the list. <laughs> so I literally because you know, between tailwind and uh, oatmeal, I think that's pretty much all I lived on was tailwind mm-hmm. and oatmeal because it, you know, you can have a little bit of peanut butter with oatmeal and mm-hmm. tailwind goes with everything. And then, yeah, um, and then I adjusted on the fly when it came to nighttime uh, running because um, one of the reasons why I have been avoiding running anything over 50K because I, I don't know how I would do in the dark running like a point-to-point race, you know, so if it starts here and ends in Maryland somewhere. Uh, running in the dark, I, I feel like it would be a little bit difficult with PTSD. Mm-hmm. So when I started running the, the 12 a.m. and the 4 a.m. legs, uh, there was an owl like screaming at me. <laughs> Believe it, or, it's just random owl screaming at me, and it even dove at me one time. Mm. So I was like, okay, uh, the next three legs, I am just gonna stay on the treadmill. And I hate the treadmill, but I was like, okay, it's either finishing the challenge before I even started, or adjusting on the fly. And I did. So um, I think oh, having my mind wide open for that challenge mm-hmm. really helped me out because you know if you're uh, I'm an OCD person. I really like to have a schedule and everything has to be the way it's supposed to be. And if it doesn't happen, I get a little bit upset. So opening up my mind to all of it and thinking, okay, 
if it happens, let's just change things around. It really helped me out. So it was uh, the, the last leg. I literally, um, thank God I had your podcast on and uh, a couple of ladies kept pinging me on Instagram. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to go out. <laughs> And everybody's like, are you kidding me? This is your last leg. Yes, but I don't want to do this anymore. So it was one of those like, come on, girl, get it together. Mm-hmm. You got it. You have a reason why you're doing this. So, And, and you did it. Although yeah. not sure, not sure listening to me on the last leg is helpful or, or uh, made it, made it worse. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a double edge. It's, it's a fine line between the two. I think when it comes to me yammering in your ears nonstop. Yeah. Um, no, so it was so, definitely, thank you. Oh, good, good, good. So, um, and, and like I said, again, in the intro, you know, not only was it the challenge that was going on, but also it was, it was for a cause. Um, did, did that, I, I have to imagine knowing from, from my, uh, you know, one time doing the, the charity race, the, the, the goofy challenge, uh, you know, earlier this year in January, um, I know that, that adds a, an extra layer to it of, of a, you know, you're trying to, to raise as much money as you can, but B like, you know, even, even more reason to keep going, uh, when, when you're kind of wanting to maybe throw in the towel or you're not wanting to, to get up at four o'clock in the morning to do the, the, one of the legs or, or whatever the case might be. Um, how important was, was raising money for wounded warrior project and, and supporting the PTSD, um, you know, people that are, are struggling with PTSD, how important was that to, to helping you continue to keep going on the times when you didn't really want to maybe, uh, maybe want to get the next four miles in? It was it was really important, mostly because uh, I've had some people reach out to me that I never, you know, I, I didn't realize that they were dealing with things as well. And so when they were saying, you know, I really appreciate you stepping up and speaking about this because either I, you know, I don't want to talk about it or nobody really knows what PTSD is about. And so uh, you trying to do all of this for veterans is a great, great idea. And, and obviously I understand that there's, it's not just the veterans that are suffering from it. You know, there's going to be out of COVID, there's going to be a lot of, you know, medical, um, medical people that are going to come up with issues and, and paramedics and all of that. And, and everybody deals with it differently, but I really just wanted to bring it up and, and let people know that, you know, I'm, I'm a strong person. I'm a really strong female and, and just having PTSD doesn't mean that I'm any, you know, Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that I'm any less of a person than anybody else. So I wanted to bring up that and let people know that it's okay to deal with what you're dealing with, ask for help. And, and hopefully what I raised hopefully would help somebody else uh, who, who who's able to ask for help. Um, So, yeah, it was, like I said, that last leg was just one of those where I was like, I can't do this anymore. Are you kidding me? Another four miles, but I got it done. And, uh, and after that, I was like, uh, I want to do it again. Let's mm-hmm. do it again. <laughs> My husband looked at me like, uh, what? <laughs> no, we did not agree on this. <laughs> so it's time yeah. to, time to put the negotiation skills in, into play to, <laughs> to figure out when, when to do this again now, apparently. Um, yeah, I'm telling you. <laughs> or or move on to another challenge. Pick a pick a different challenge, and you can still you know do some of the the fundraising. Speaking of which, um, is is the fundraising for your particular uh, event? I, obviously, the event is in the past, but is is the fundraising still open, or is that closed too? Yes, it's open. Uh, the reason why it's still open is because as as if COVID doesn't continue, or if it's not too bad by November, I'm planning to do a 24 hour challenge. 
uh, and it's in Virginia. So it's a mile loop, which would be really good for me, especially for the evening time where you can run as much as you want in 24 hours. So I was hoping to do this. That was my original plan was to do November. But then, you know, COVID happened Mm -hmm. and uh, been teleworking at home. So I felt like 4x4x48 was going to be a really good way of taking time off from work and getting something else done. Uh, But yeah, the the fundraiser is still going on. It's uh, going to go through the... uh, event in november and afterwards uh i think i'll probably take it down afterwards okay and so if anybody wants to, to donate i believe it's the link in your instagram profile right yes all right yep. so if anybody will have that linked in the show notes as well but also again on instagram at eat.run.cf not that we're wrapping up yet but just wanted to make sure to to, to mention that in case anybody uh is is so moved to uh to support uh obviously a very a very worthy cause a very a very uh important uh, thing that that a lot of folks are dealing with, and like you said, a lot of other folks because of COVID and just because of life in general. I mean, like, there's enough stressors that go on that that PTSD isn't just a a one time thing. So if we can support folks that are, are dealing with that, that's a, a great a great thing to do. Um, yeah. sh- shifting gears just just a little bit, D. Uh, something that you mentioned, you know, leading up to the the four by four by forty eight, is that you're coming, um, you know coming off of just recently having a baby um, and kind of still mm-hmm. getting back into into running shape and, and certainly the running type of endurance that comes after after uh, having a baby and I know it was a it was a c-section so that's even more of a recovery process um, but uh, w- one of the things that I I, I remember uh, that, that always stands out in my mind of, of our interactions on, on online is that you said something whether it was direct to me or whether it was in a in a uh, Instagram story or something but uh, how how the youngest the, the baby, um, you know, probably recognizes my voice as much as just about anybody's voice when, when he was first born because of so much time listening to to the podcast, um, which always always made me chuckle. It was it was a, it was a, it was a laugh on that one for sure. Um, yeah. But but what was it like coming back um, multiple times, uh, at least at least twice? I think you have you have three three sons. Um, yep. And if I'm p- piecing the, the story together, you started running after the first one was born, so it's at least twice uh, coming back to to running uh, postpartum. Um, understanding that every every pregnancy is different every woman's different but but what was what was it like for you coming back multiple times uh you know from having a baby to run it again is is it uh you know how difficult how how tough is it to feel like maybe you're starting from scratch i don't know i mean what was what was your experience like uh coming back as as a mom uh you know just just with the young baby getting back to running again so my first one, he's almost 15, and I wasn't running yet. Uh, at that point, I was just, you know, I would go to the gym and move some weights around, but sit there for three hours with no progress. But um, <laughs> I didn't really, uh, I don't remember much of that time because, you know, um, I, I didn't do much. Mm-hmm. But with my second one, uh, I was already a really almost competitive with myself more than anything runner. And so um, I remember making a pact to myself that I, I crossfitted through the entire pregnancy, but I couldn't run after 12 weeks because uh, he was bigger and I just, I was terrified that he was going to fall out or something. I don't know, <laughs> you know, the weird things that you think. And and uh, so I took the year after the second baby to CrossFit very slowly. I had a really good gym, and they took very good care of me. So I built it up to where my first postpartum half marathon was a really, really good time, and I, I felt like a beast running it. So, But I let my body recover. And, I mean, I ran a little bit, but it wasn't anything uh, extensive 
And then this baby, I ran actually all the way up to 35 weeks. I didn't run fast or I didn't run far, you know, but I still ran. Mm -hmm. And um, coming back, nobody can, I couldn't prepare myself for what it was going to be like coming back from a C-section because I've never had any surgeries, never had Mm -hmm. any broken bones or anything. And then you get to this point where you can't even get off the bed and you're like, wow, how am I going to come back? So... Uh, thank God for my coach. Once again, she just, you know, she uh, did really a lot of work with me on recovering uh, my, uh, my body and my mental state. And then um, 12 weeks after is when I finally, I, I was walking a lot, but 12 weeks after the, the C-section is when I started taking my first running steps. And it was once again, just, you know, half a mile here and there, and mm-hmm. then step it up a little bit, low heart rate, just going slowly. And, and I think that really helped out. I, I still did CrossFit as well. Um, but mostly, uh, I, I don't know how I'm doing it, but I'm, I'm running. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely running. Not fast, but I'm getting it. You know, I'm getting it done, and so it's really helping with uh, with everything. Was but, there was there ever any struggles or or uh, hard times with comparing yourself to what you were running, like like paces, distances, things like that, before getting pregnant? Uh, either time, because I know I know for folks that I coach, sometimes just coming back from injury, that can be a big a big thing of like, oh my gosh, look at how much I like, look what I was doing before, and look at where I am now, and trying to to speed the process up. A little bit, maybe sometimes, uh, you know, sometimes as a coach, that's when you got to pull back on the reins and not not let people uh, kind of get get out a- ahead of themselves, maybe a little bit too much, and, and risk that that potential for re-injury again. But was that something that that you struggled with, or was it was it um, not too difficult to to say, hey, that was pre-pregnancy, this is postpartum, and it's going to be different, and I'm just going to progress at the rate that my body will allow? Like, how w- was there any of that struggle that you that you dealt with? I think it was a little bit of both. So. Yeah. Being slower during a pregnancy already kind of prepared me that, okay, it's going to be a slow journey coming back. But also, I remember listening, I remember being on a two-hour long uh, long run, one of my first ones after the baby, and I was listening to one of your podcasts, and I don't remember her name, but the lady said that, you know, after she had a really bad injury, she was coming back, and every race since then or every distance since then was like a new PR. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she did a 5K, and it was a lot slower than before, but it was her new PR, post, um, post-injury PR. And so for me, it was like, oh, that is so cool. I can totally set new PR. So, you know, my 5K PR and then my 10K PR, it was – I think for me it was harder – watching all of these amazing mothers on Instagram who's had C-sections uh, coming back and running like six, seven minute miles. And I'm trying to compare them myself with them with like 12, 13 minute mm-hmm. miles. So, uh, so I had to take a step back and turn off my IG for a couple of weeks. But um, yeah, once, once I realized that, listen, we're all my favorite thing that I say nowadays is we're all in the same storm, but we're not on the same boat. Mm-hmm. So remembering that every time when I go out for a run, uh, I really, I think it really helps me with uh, getting back the healthy way. And just like you always say, Denny, I want to do this for the rest of my life. Right. Like I literally want my kids pushing me around 
in seven in my 70s after I just can't walk anymore uh, because I want to do this for the rest of my life. So I'm going to do this smart. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and, and having that that big picture focus, I think sometimes it's 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 easy to get caught up in the PRs or the social media game mm-hmm. and who's doing what and trying to measure up. Um, but yeah, if you can remember that, you know, 30 years from now, 40 years from now, 50 years from now, you'd, you'd like to still be, uh, you know, doing, you'd like to be the, the old lady. I'd like to be the old man. That's, that's, you know, kind of make, <laughs> makes a news story of, you know, hundred year old runs the, the hundred meter dash or whatever. Like, like that's, exactly. that's, that's where we want to be. So, you know, if, if that means a little bit uh, more patience, a little bit more discretion now, um, not that that makes the pill easier to swallow, but it's, it's just that dose of perspective of like, yeah, let's be in this, in this for the long game. Um, speaking of, of the long game, uh, nice little segue there that you, you teed up for me. I'm going to, I'm going to take it. Um, you mentioned CrossFit a couple times and, and obviously everybody that listens knows I talk about strength training and, and little things and, and all those types of, of things that are important to stay healthy, to, to help us to be able to continue to, to be running and, and healthy, just individuals, but, but healthy runners as well for, you know, decades to come. Um, how, how important has, has CrossFit been to you as, as far as, um, building strength, um, and, and how that relates to you as, as a runner? So, uh, yeah, uh, I literally cannot imagine my life without being some, some kind of strength training while running, because Mm -hmm. I, I have an example, my first 50 K I got to the point where I was running two, 250 mile months training up for it, but I completely neglected the strength, mm. you know, strength, uh, part of it. And I did well, but I didn't do so well. And then the second one, I included everything. I did cross training. I did strength training. I did my mileage was half of what it used to be before that. But when I did my second 50 K, I blew it blew it out of the water I think by like a, an hour and a half or something because my body was just so strong it uh it, it went through anything and everything and uh I have to keep remembering that because I love seeing those beautiful numbers you know 100 miles runs or uh, uh, for a month or 200 mm-hmm. miles for a month it, it's so enticing to forget that you know your body is a chassis you have to keep it strong so like in the car if you don't if you don't fix what holds the car up you're you're gonna fall apart and it's the same with me especially after having uh three kids uh things shift around Mm -hmm. and you know you're not the same size anymore and stuff and i have to remember that it's really helpful to do that strength training even though i might not be able to walk for the next day or two, <laughs> but, but that's just extra rest time that I get to spend with my kids or, you know, do something else outside of uh, the norm, uh, running miles and pounding the pavement. So yeah, it's, it's definitely a part of it nowadays. Plus my coach, I'm not sure she'd let me go without it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's good. That's good. I, I yeah. uh, certainly encourage it, but it maybe I, I, maybe I need to crack the whip a little bit more on some of, some of my folks <laughs> to make sure that they're, that they're doing the strength training work because it, it is, it is important. And, and uh, I, I love the point about, um, you know, running less mileage and training, but doing the strength training, doing some cross training, do, you know, still like just because your, your mileage numbers weren't the same in the preparation doesn't mean that you weren't still working and you weren't still getting stronger exactly. and you weren't still improving your fitness. And, and obviously the, the, you know, the, the, the proof is in the pudding that, you know, an hour and a half faster for the same, the same distance, like, you know, and, and again, like we talked about earlier, like every 50 K is going to be different, but like, like that's still substantial. And, and 
even if the time had been the same, but you ran half as many or, you know, whatever, a, a significantly less number of miles leading up to it, but you're fitter, stronger from doing other stuff as well. Just kind of, again, kind of points to the, uh, the idea that this stuff, you know, it, it may not, it may not excite us as much as going for a run does sometimes, but, but it matters mm-hmm. and it's important. And it's, and again, big picture, it's, it's the kind of stuff that keeps you around for 20, 30, 40 years, as opposed to, you know, running like crazy for a decade and, and then breaking down and not being able to do it anymore. Yep. 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 Well, good. I, I, sure. I don't, I don't mind preaching to the choir on this one and hopefully maybe getting a few, <laughs> a few more converts uh, as well, but uh, getting to that point of, of wrapping up today, D, but uh, again, you know, you know, you know, this is coming. There's going to be some type of philosophical question here at the, at the end. Um, and I'll, I'll give you the same spiel. I give everybody uh, take it long, take it short, whatever, whatever works for you somewhere in the middle, um, whatever, whatever works for you. But uh, this is where we'll, where we will wrap up today. Um, just, uh, just curious, maybe one of my favorite philosophical questions is the whole, you know, what has, what has running taught you that, that you can implement and, and learn, learn from lessons learned that you can, you can put into practice in other parts of your life. So, um, you know, we've had a bunch of these different, different answers, uh, to this question over the years. Um, some, a lot of repeats as well, because I, I just feel like running is such a great teacher. So, you know, in your, in your time, gosh, what has it been now? Like 12, 14 years of, of running, uh, since you started, uh, in, in Hawaii, something like that if my, my numbers are sort of, sort of accurate. Um, I have to, I have to feel like running has taught you a few things. Uh, so, so what, what kind of lessons does, do you carry from running that uh, maybe help you as a runner, but maybe help you as a mother, help you as, you know, as, as a, a member of the armed services, um, help you as a partner, like, like where, where does, where does the running lessons bleed over into, uh, into your personal life as well? Whew. Wow, what a question. I didn't think about this one. <laughs> but um, so it it is definitely, I think the, re- the way it's helping me is remembering that everybody's experience is different. Mm-hmm. And so you can either draw from it and become a better self. So, you know, when I'm talking to other women or talking to other men and, and listening to how their race went or how they recovered from an injury or how they dealt with something, you know, it, I can either listen to it and and implement it to make sure that I don't make the same mistakes and, and become a better person, or I can just brush it off and say, okay, well, I'm not them. So, you know, this won't happen to me. But I think when it comes to being in the military and having all my sailors um, turning to me with their experiences, it gives me a chance to sit there and listen, listen to them. And I might not have a, a, a good solution, but I, I'm still there to listen. And so it really does give me a little bit more patience as well uh, with my kids. And it, it, it also teaches my kids uh, that exercise is good for you. My 15 year old, my almost 15 year old, he is now running, you know, he'll text me every now and then with a picture of, Hey mom, look, I ran a 5k and, and it, it's so encouraging. You know, when I, when I see that, I'm, I'm just smiling, mm. uh, all teeth out and I'm smiling. <laughs> I'm so excited, uh, because, and, and then it helps me teach others, you know, uh, it's just, it's been such an awarding experience that I'm, I'm really, I can't even imagine not having it in my life because I'm not only learning from others, but I'm also teaching them. I'm trying to become a running coach so I can pass on my knowledge and hopefully help somebody else out the way I've been helped out. And it's definitely been, um, I, I can't, 
I, I don't know how many times I already said it, but I can't imagine not having running in my life. Well, you can you can keep saying it because I'm I'm here agreeing with you. I know everybody listening is, is agreeing as well. It's 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 such a so many things that we all get from from just simply putting our shoes on and, and heading out the door, heading on the treadmill, or heading to the track, whatever whatever works for you. Um, but certainly, uh, Diana, thank you for uh, for the time today. Thank you again for for continuing to serve the country, um, and certainly uh, you just just keep on doing what you're doing. Uh, I I know. Um, I, I know I may not always say this, but uh, you know, seeing your posts and, and hearing what you've got going on and, and the connections we've we've made over the last whatever it's been year plus um, on social media is it encourages me. I, I know it encourages other people that are that are following you. So so thank you for that, uh, and certainly wish you nothing but the best going forward. Uh, once again, guys, uh, eat run eat dot run dot cf on Instagram disruns dot com slash eight sixty. Uh, Diana, thanks again for the time, and uh, and we'll be in touch soon for sure. But uh, thanks again for today. Thank you, Denny, for your podcast. I appreciate it. All right, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. I hope you enjoyed the conversation between Diana and myself. And as per usual, would be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was your takeaway from our conversation today? Uh, lots of good things, uh, as as per usual, as, as would hopefully be expected uh, in, in any of these conversations. But for me, one of the things that, that stood out um, is something that, that I've maybe talked about a few times, but I, I heard it from a different angle today. And that was Diana there towards the end talking about strength training. And I mean, y'all have heard me talk about strength training before. No, no, no surprise there, but, uh, she used the, kind of the metaphor of having a strong chassis, a strong, a strong frame, a strong base. And how often do I talk about building your base and strengthening your base from a running perspective, from, from getting in, you know, easy miles and building that, that base level of aerobic fitness, Certainly that's important, but uh, I, I don't know that I've talked too much about the idea of building uh, a base level of strength as well, and that's absolutely important. You know, you know, we, we get uh, pretty easily, at least a lot of us, get caught up in numbers, mileage numbers. You know, how many miles did you run in a week? How many miles did you run uh, in a month? Any in a year? In a in whatever, and and those numbers are are you know can be very valuable. You know, increasing your mileage can be a huge boost towards taking your fitness to the next level and, and crossing, you know, new barriers uh, as far as goals go. But in order to do that, in order to add those miles on, we need to have a strong foundation. And again, that's not just a strong foundation aerobically, but also a strong foundation as term as far as having muscular strength, having core strength and stability, having strength in your glutes, strength in your legs, strength in your upper body, in your back and in your chest. Because let's not forget that every time your your legs swing forward and back, your upper your your arms swing forward and back. And if we're not strong in our upper body, that can ha- have all kinds of of loss of efficiency effects and effects in uh, just overall running form, which obviously that can lead to loss of efficiency. It can lead to injuries. Like there's so many things that that we benefit from as runners, and, and let's not kid ourselves as humans for being stronger. Um, and and again, it's not all about size. It's not all about having the most muscle mass, but we need to have a certain level of strength, and and that base level of strength that helps us as runners. And again, it's just something that it's, it's easy to lose sight of. It's easy to, to skip out on. It's easy to kind of go through the motions. And I say that all those things are easy because I know that they are because 
sometimes I find myself kind of going through the motions when it comes to strength training. Sometimes I find myself uh, taking the easy way out, not pushing too much, not making it the priority that it needs to be. You know, especially in the last the last month or two, it's been for whatever reason it's been a struggle for me to get my strength training in. I don't know why. Just busy, I guess. But but I find a way to get all my miles in. So maybe it's a prioritization issue. But again, with with Diana talking about the the value of a strong base, again, a physically strong base, muscular strength, uh, a, a base of that, just really kind of popped in my brain when we were having the conversation. Then again, going back through and listening to it in in post, it's just like yeah, yeah, a good aerobic base of fitness important. You know what else is a, a good base of fitness that's important? muscular strength as well. So make sure you're doing that strength training. Make sure you're making it happen. Even if it's not, you know, the, the, the maximum, you know, hours at the gym, which you've also heard me say that's not necessary. I don't ever spend hours in the gym, but making it a consistent part of your routine maintains that base level of, of strength, which is, which is a key component to running the miles, running faster miles, staying healthy. I mean, it's, it's all part of the equation. So make it, Make it the priority that it should be, and I need to work on doing that as well. So thanks, Diana, for calling me out, whether it was intentional or not. Uh, I hope it was not intentional. Maybe it was. Actually, I hope it was intentional. Uh, But thank you for that reminder, and that was certainly my takeaway today. But what about you? What about the rest of y'all that are listening today? What what stood out to you from today's conversation? As always, love to hear those things at Dizruns on Twitter, at Dizruns on Instagram. You can you can tag it in a post. You can slide into the DMs. Either way, love hearing the takeaways. Uh, you can also shoot an email, Dizruns at gmail.com. And of course, you can head over to the show notes for today, which you can find at Dizruns.com slash 860. Dizruns.com slash 860. Links, photos, all that good stuff. And of course, there's the comment bar at the bottom of the page. You can leave your comments, thoughts, takeaways down there as well. Maybe start a little conversation uh, and we'd look forward to, to hearing your thoughts on today's episode. Uh, one last thing before we officially pull the plug on this one. Uh, once again, today's sponsor, if you will, I guess it's, it's technically me. Uh, it's technically the book, really. Be Ready on Race Day is available wherever Amazon books are sold. Uh, and again, it's it's yes, the idea of the book is to help you prepare and train up for a specific race. But in this climate, without a whole lot of races to uh, be training for, it still is just good training philosophies, good training principles about how to structure your, your training, how to progress intelligently, uh, how to incorporate different workouts. All those types of things are covered in there. And instead of just having a due date for your race, you could just kind of use that as a way to build your base up from the aerobic perspective, mix in a little strength training as well, um, and, and continue to improve your fitness until races do come back on the calendar and you can get out there and get after it. So check it out. Be ready on race day. Dot com or just search for Be Ready and Race Day on, in the Kindle, Kindle store or uh, just on Amazon in general to get yourself a, a paperback copy as well. So with that, we'll go ahead and officially wrap this one up. Uh, thank you guys for listening. As always, certainly appreciate it. If you enjoyed this episode, hit the old uh, share button and spread the word. That always uh, it moves the needle point blank and is certainly always appreciated. Until next time, y'all, please be well. Take care. Thanks again for listening and uh, we'll talk soon, all right? See you guys.